Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, good, good evening, everyone. Um, welcome this evening to my podcast, Heavenly Places. I'd like to thank uh, Dorothy for having me. Um, I'd also like to thank our, our wonderful Heavenly Father for another Wonderful, beautiful day on on his planet, but the planet the planet he gave us in, uh, control over, um, which we're not really doing a good job of it. But hopefully we can. Uh, I, but I do believe we're moving in the right direction. Um, let us continue to, to to keep our um, nation up in prayer, as we know everything that's going on with the the Supreme Court um, thing with. The Donald Trump and the appointment, so we need to keep all the parties involved in prayer um, that, that the Father will have who he wants in that place on the Supreme Court. Um, it was a very, very crucial time time in history, they're saying. So we need to uh, we need to really be, be in prayer if, if we're not already in prayer. And I know many people are praying, and they understand the, the importance and significance of what's going on. Um, that's on that. That's just a little side note. Um, this evening, actually, I was going to talk about something else. Actually, I was going to talk about Halloween because Halloween is coming up soon, and I had like a, a two-part series I wanted to do. But um, as I was just studying and reading, I, I feel led to do something else, and um, I wanted to actually talk about uh, the race, you know. Not not the not a not the political race or the political election or anything like that, but our our race as believers, our race as Christian, our race as children of our heavenly Father, the Most High God, um, finishing the race and preparing ourselves um, for the race. Um, that that's what I want to focus on this evening. So let me open this up in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your word. Help me, Father, the rightly divided, Father. Open up the hearts of the listeners, Father. Father, even open up my heart, Father, Lord, so that, so that um, I can teach your word correctly, Father, Lord, and, and not lead your people astray, but guide them, Father, Lord, towards you so that they can be great runners, Father, Lord. Um, um call for your purpose, Father. We ask these things, uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So this evening we're talking about uh, running our race, or running your race in particular, you know. Um, you know, running a Christian race, what I thought about it was uh, actually uh, track and field, particularly track. Um because there there are just so many scriptures um, as I was studying it about uh running, and uh ten to fifteen of them came to the top of my mind um about running so i I just thought that was amazing that uh 
that there were so many scriptures <laughs> about running, and I, and I was, and I kind of like did like a joke, you know, that uh, that I believe one of our fathers, our heavenly father's favorite sport must be track, because uh, there's so many references in scripture about running. But it, it it could also be that uh, when they was actually writing the Bible, that that us as man we didn't invent the game of basketball yet. So probably if basketball was invented back then, they probably Paul or them would have been writing about basketball, you know, <laughs> which I, which is my my favorite sport, and I believe our father he loves that sport also. That's that's just another little side note. But uh, one of the first scriptures I actually want to talk about. Um, about running the Christian race is uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. I mean, there's many of them I could have started off with, but uh, one of the ones that came to mind to me was Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. And this is, uh, of course, Paul, he wrote, you were running a good race, and then he says, who cut in on you? Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? So this Galatians five seven is basically saying, Hey, you you were doing good at first, but then something happened or something interrupted you from um keeping on running a good race and keeping on for, from obeying the truth. And we know basically obeying the truth is obeying the commandments of our father and being led by the Holy Spirit. Um and one of the more famous fables, actually, that I thought about in this uh, passage was, uh, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the uh, tortoise and the hare. And we know that the, uh, the, the tortoise, the turtle, and then we have the, the hare, the rabbit, they were, um, I guess they challenged each other to a race, you know. And uh, the, the hare was so quick and fast, he just took off. He started running a good race, and he was just so far ahead that he was like, start thinking like, man, I'm way up here, and the turtle's way down there, back down there, so I'm gonna go ahead and take me a nap. So the, the rabbit went ahead, and the hare took a nap, and by the time he woke up, guess what? Um, it was too late, and the tortoise was uh, slow and steady. He said, slow and steady. The tortoise, that was his model, and that uh, he. Uh, actually ended up winning the race, you know, so it's, it's not how how we start off, you know, um, it's, it's really how, how we finish, so go with, I don't want to encourage you from, uh, if you can run fast, you can, some people can run fast all the way from the beginning to the end of their uh, salvation walk, but um, don't just, don't just think because you're, you're moving slowly and you see people way in front of you that uh, you should give up. And in the same way goes the other way that all you you just powerful anointed person who are doing great things for the father and you looking back and saying oh you so far ahead of everybody that that you fall asleep actually scripture uh, that's almost sort of like the, with the brides the bridesmaids how uh, they didn't have the oil ready <laughs> you know when the uh, bridegroom came you know at night the five of them was foolish and five other ones wise. And we have the foolish ones. They're almost like the ones who started off good, but guess what? They didn't keep on obeying the truth. But the five wise ones, they did. They was prepared, just like the turtles 
similar to how the uh, tortoise beat the hare because the tortoise was consistent. He was steady. He kept on moving forward, and that's how we should be, you know, um, and our uh, our Christian walk um, is so, so important uh, during these times. Another scripture I'd like to bring up is um, Matthew uh Chapter 24 verses 11 through 13 That's Matthew chapter 24 Verse 11 through 13 And it, and that's Jesus He's talking and actually and In the beginning he's talking about 24 he's talking about the temple And the signs of the time Talking about the uh, Mount of Olives And kingdom Coming against kingdom earthquakes and pestilence All of that's going through the first part Of that uh, book I'm sorry, the first part of that chapter, Matthew 24. But then we get down to, let's see, I start in verse 11. Um, It says that many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So we know that's been going on for a while and it's going on. Um, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So we have, particularly here in the United States of America, we have uh, iniquity. Um, abounding, basically that's meaning iniquity is happening everywhere. We have it going on on television. We have it going on on radio. We have it going on the internet. We have it going on in the government. We have it going on in schools. And and some places, actually many places, we have it going on in the house of God, the sanctuary, in many churches, regardless of denomination, whether whatever your affiliation is, whether Baptist, Presbyterian, Charismatic, Pentecostal, um, Lutheran, all of that, we have iniquity abounding, and the love of many shall wax cold. And with uh, wax cold, that makes you think of uh, having a hard heart towards the things of our Father in Heaven, like not focus on it just because we're allowing the things that are going on around us to influence us. It's causing our heart hard because we, we're receiving that and we're, we're in that environment and we're allowing it to influence us, it makes our heart wax cold or make our heart hard to the things that our Father's trying to give, give to us and cause us to receive. And that's sort of what happened to Pharaoh when um, when the Father was doing all these wonderful and miracle, mighty things. And some passages it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but in some other passages, it says that Pharaoh actually hardened his own heart, you know, um, because of everything that, that was going on. He he refused to let the love of the Father penetrate his heart. And instead, he allowed iniquity. And that's the same thing that uh, is going on with many people around us, and not just like in a government or a secular society, but it's actually infiltrating and has been infiltrating the church, you know. Uh, verse 13, it says, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall, shall <clears throat> the same shall be saved. So we need to endure, you know. The race that we're in, it's not like a, a sprint, like, oh, man, like, you know, they have the different types of, it's more like a, a marathon. <laughs> it's it's uh, uh a very, very, very long race, you know, that, that we're in, you know. And we as believers, 
we need to endure because there are many things that come to distract us. Um, but we need to what? We need to keep moving forward, forward, and looking forward. You know, um, it's kind of like when you are driving on a road. Um, they have what they call like a, a distracted driver. Um, people who are what texting while they driving, uh, playing some type of game, or mess with it, like the the council or technology that's actually in the car. And we know that there have been many cases when people are tech doing something very simple, not focused on the road, depending on what's going on going on around them, that people have died on the road, they've been in serious accidents where they have been paralyzed, um, or just like a minor ding on a car, all these types of things happen on a road depending on like if you're on a highway, freeway or whatever. Um all because of not looking forward, not staying focused, you know, that's all part of endurance and being saved compared to, like, a spiritual thing. Even I thought about something as simple as uh, when you're cutting your yard or mowing your yard, um, and some people like to have their yard in a pattern, so they kind of look forward forward as they're going, setting their eyes forward. But then if you begin to look sideways and all that kind of stuff, you can see that the pattern that you're setting, you know, at those times is not as straight as the other one, other ones, and you see that uh, that it is cricket, you know. So we need to um, during these these times, we need to endure, and basically everything that's going on around us, we can't allow those things to distract us, and we need to look forward to despite what your neighbor is doing, um, your friend is doing. Even despite what pastors are doing, <laughs> which of which I really don't like to say, because there are many, many leaders in the church who who are the most sincere, most dedicated. They're the first ones, they're the last one to leave praying. But you don't often see those ones on television because the media doesn't like to talk about that, you know. Um, but there are a lot of odd ones that are also corrupt, you know. So we. We can't allow the iniquity that's, that's abounding around us to cause ourselves to wax cold because we need to endure until the end, you know, <laughs> because we want we want to be saved and not just for ourselves, but we don't we don't we're setting an example for those who are looking at us also because we want don't want them to be uh, distracted by our walk, you know. Um, another scripture, uh, Hebrews 12, 2, this is right here, is basically talking about looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, and this is as who for the joy that was set before him, and this is talking about endurance again, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set, and despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we have Jesus, basically. He set the example for us. His his focus was mainly one thing, what? He was looking to the joy that was set before him. And that was our salvation, our joy, you know, and that's the same thing we need to look. We need to be looking forward, forward to our salvation, and we need to what endure the crosses that are placed in our life, you know. Um. And we can only do this by looking forward. We can't be like the uh, the hare. Remember, I talked about the hare earlier. 
he was so very confident in his winning that he was so far ahead that sometime during the race, he went to sleep. He went to sleep. He had lost his focus, you know. He had lost his focus. And we we can't be careless during these times, you know. We can't we can't be careless. <laughs> we need to do if, and even if we start off slowly, we need to continue and that 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 pace, you know. Um I'm moving forward or running forward in this race. Um as I was studying going over these scriptures, I'd be and of course I talked about track and field earlier, but I began to think about running and I began to think about a relay race and you know typically there are there are four types of runners and and we are uh the last leg. <laughs> you know, we're we're the last runners. We're so it it's essential, you know, we can't we can't make a mistake. Just like in a relay, you know, you, you know, you got the people passing the baton from one gener one person to the next to the first, second, third to the fourth person. Well the baton has been passed to us and we gotta run. And and we can't drop it. I mean it's essential. We're we're the last one, we're the last generation and we need to finish it. And as I was reading articles about um different track coaches talking about relay races and I was trying to see how they determine the order, like who goes first, who goes second, third and fourth. Um and though the majority of them they were saying, Well, they typically put the fastest person at the end to run the last part, you know. And then uh other people are saying different things and basically it's not really any uh <clears throat> scientific process of like oh this person is, is this going to be first or this person going to be third or this person is going to be fourth he's going to be last one because he's the fastest you know so that is the case most of the time but it's not always the case but one particular article that i want to read some of it to you uh he says uh, the, the order of a relay runner is not as simple as placing the fastest runner last and then working out where everyone else is put, but it can be a, a complex process and involves like a, quite a bit of trial and error. But we know our father, he he doesn't have any trial and error. He does everything with a, a specific purpose. He has everyone designed and created in a certain generation, in a certain time frame, because he know they're the best person for that situation. But anyway, this this coach was saying he enlisted uh eight determinant factors to how he placed people in. He put uh which position the runners like and don't like. Uh he put the first runner being the strongest and a reliable starter. He put uh running the best runners um uh, in a second or third spot. And he put the battalion passing the receiving skills of the athletes, the battalion carrying skills of the athletes, the height differences between the team members. That way, like, it's not like a big stretch. Like, if you have someone who's a short passing on to someone tall or something like that, um, the battalion change of chemistry between teams. So you have certain people who work, even in a relay race, certain people that work um, better as they pass the battalion between one another. And one of the ones that actually stood out stood out to me was uh, one of the ones he said was 
the last runner being tough and determined. That right there was one that really stood, stood out to me. He said that the last runner must be uh, tough and determined, you know. Um, so what does that mean to be uh, tough and determined? Um, oh, and the other part it says uh, not only must, must, must they be tough and determined, but they must be one who can finish well. So this is talking about like the last person who can finish well, you know, who can complete the race well. And and that he wrote the the last runner he says the last runner doesn't have to be the team's fastest, but they need to be a gusty runner. Um, if the opportunity arises, the last runner needs to be mentally capable of chasing and catching a competitor or holding on as someone is catching the cap catching them. The last runner needs character and determination that must never slow or give up. They have to be the person who, if they feel someone coming up on their shoulder, grits their teeth and goes. They must have the ability to run all the way to the finish line. Um, now, that's what this coach wrote, and I want, I want to break that down, what he said, because I know I just, just read through that, but he said a whole lot of things. Um, <clears throat> the first thing he said was, which I read first, he said the last runner doesn't have to be the team's fastest, but they need to be a gusty runner. And I was like, well, what's a gusty runner? And uh, gusty, it means to show courage, to have determination and spirit. Um, and I thought about uh, David was courageous when he fought Goliath. Uh, Goliath, you know, that he was the, the biggest uh, guy out there. And, um, First Samuel chapter 17, um, verse 43, uh, this is basically Goliath talking to David. He said, am I a dog? Did you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And then he said, come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. And David said to the Philistine, you come with me with the sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and to the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword <coughs> or spear, the Lord says, for the battles of the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Now that right there, it just showed the uh, courage that David had. You know, that of course he had fought like the lion and the bear before. But this was something that was talking back to him, you know, something something I imagine is bigger than all of them. You know, something more intelligent than what he had fought before. But David practiced courageousness. And there are many other examples of uh, people who were courageous in Scripture. And what I found interesting is when David, in First uh, Chronicles 28, verse 20, one of the things that David told Solomon was, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged 
for the Lord thy God, my God, is with you, and he will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. So this right here is David giving advice to his son Solomon. He says what? To be strong and courageous. Like what that quote said, he he had to be gusty, he showed courage, he had to be determined. Um, a scripture was uh, determined is First Corinthians chapter two verse two. Paul says, "For I am determined to know nothing more among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." So, um, Paul, he's simply he's just simply saying, "Hey, I want to know Jesus." And, and everything else, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. And whenever scripture says knowing something, we, knowing means like having an intimate relationship with someone or, or something. Um, even when uh, Jesus says uh, when when man comes before him at the end, and he's going to tell some people, "Hey, depart from me. I never knew you. I never. You never had that intimate relationship with me." So it's all about knowing, you know. Um, we have to know God. We had to be determined. Paul was determined to know him. We we are determined to know him by our studying of the scripture, of our studying of the word, you know. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 3.8 says, this is Paul again talking, and he almost saying the same thing he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, but in Philippians 3, verse 8, he said, what is more, I consider everything a loss, uh, or some." Some version says he considers everything dung because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. So here we can talk, Paul talking about being determined and knowing having this relationship with Jesus Christ because everything else is worthless. Um, the hair again. He he fell asleep, and some Christians, you know, though we not maybe laying on. Some of us might be sleeping on the bed from laziness, but some of us are falling asleep in other ways where we're we're awake. They're like kind of like the walk walking dead, and um, we're allowing different things in our life to come, and um, different things to come and influence us. Almost like where some of us we have our our, what they say, our foot on both sides of the fence, you know. Um, we're trying to be be on both sides, but we we cannot compromise those things that are on the other side of the fence, you know, those idols that we worship, whether it be gluttony, women's, men's, cars, money, whatever it may be. We gotta we gotta lose it because whatever it is. There's out there technology, whatever just got this grasp or grips on you is nothing. It's garbage in comparison to knowing Christ. You know, um, and some of those those things of garbage causes us like to go into like a spiritual sleep, where we stop running, where we get out the race. That's what uh, again the first scripture I said in Galatians five seven. Galatians five seven it says uh, with. Excuse me. It says, uh, "You were running the good race, but who cut into you to keep you from obeying the truth?" <clears throat> so basically, why, 
Why did you stop? Why are you stopping? If there's anybody listening, why, why are you stopping? There's no gray areas. There's no gray areas. We can't, and also we can't be just like on a border and saying, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to entice yourself? We have to we have to be dedicated. We have to keep on pursuing. Father, we need to stay in a race. Um, also, and I think we guess these, so we have determined. We have, um, let's see, what's other? We have courageous, and then we said it has <clears throat> spirit. And a scripture from that one is Galatians 5, chapter 16. Galatians 5, 16. It says, so I say, walk in the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. <clears throat> Galatians five sixteen. What does it mean to uh, walk in the spirit? Um, <clears throat> walking in the spirit means basically being obedient to the spirit, to the law, to the commandments which the spirit brings to our remembrance. Whenever like temptation comes, um, we have to remember that being tempted is not is not the same thing as sinning. But in, in temptation, you can come to a point of a decision. When someone says something spiteful or rude to you, everyone knows what sort of temptations arise, basically to retaliate or get, get even in one way or the other. And if you do that, guess what? We break our Father's commandments in heaven. And that's in it, you know. Of what does the Holy Spirit say? It says, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what good. Romans 12, verse 21. Romans 12, 21. Um, and if we what, walk in the Spirit, it, we will um, overcome temptation, you know. And you resolve that situation in a, a godly way, uh, which is going to give us joy instead of releasing destruction, which is... Uh, a domino effect, but also um, walking in the spirit. You know what? Something incredible happens. Um, the Bible calls uh, the fruits of the spirit. You know, as we begin to grow in our life, we have peace, joy, love, faithfulness, goodness, among um, among other things. Uh, Galatians five verse twenty two. You know, it says, <clears throat> "So you." You who are so restless, anxious, and often unhappy will get a more uh, healthy outlook on life. You become stable, develop the ability to create peace around you. You become happy, and it becomes a natural part of your life. These are some of the things and benefits, you know, when we walk in the spirit. You know, so it's almost sort of like we're becoming a new creature in this race. As we go along, we become a new creature, you know, as Paul says, uh, the, the, the inner man, you know, the flesh, you know, is dying, you know, each day. And the, the spirit man is only growing and growing and getting stronger, you know. So it's, it's almost inaccurate to say that we are only human, you know, um, because we're we're more than that. You know, we have the spirit of the living God. Our Heavenly Father dwelling with us is very presence of the Holy Spirit. He said that he would be with, with, with us always, even until the end of the age, you know. Um, so those are all things of, of being gusty, to be courageous, um, to have the spirit, you know, and to be determined. And that all goes back to the thing of there's coach saying things that, that make someone capable of being a runner who could finish well. 
also uh, it says that the opportunity arises that the the last runner needs to be mentally capable of chasing and catching a competitor or holding on as someone is catching them. So sometimes you have people running and they see that uh, the person is so far in front of them, they may just give up. Or some person might see, feel like the, the pressure of the person coming from behind them, and guess what? It might cause them to freeze up, you know, and allow the person to um, catch them. But it says that they have they have to hold on to whatever that position is that they have when the person has passed them the baton. It actually increased that lead. Um, one of the scriptures that came to mind to, for me with that one was Luke chapter 19, verse 13. And he says to all his servants, and he called, I'm sorry, and he called his ten servants. This is Luke chapter 19, verse 13. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. And he said to them, occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. Um, Basically, what that's saying is uh, that the Father has given us certain gifts, certain skills, certain certain things in our lives he has invested into us and he wants us not just to keep those things but to cause those things to grow, to cause those things to increase. He doesn't want us to bury those things. He doesn't want us to lose it. So we are to everything that he has given us and this position that we have in Christ, we are not just to hold it but keep it and move forward with it and progress with it. But some of us we end up burying it because we're in this race and we see many people that's ahead of us. So we're like, man, I can never do as good as this person. I, I can't do that. I can't do this. So we end up kind of burying our gifts. And our Father, he doesn't want us to do that because there's people who uh, who will only hear from you for some reason or not. I don't, I'm not sure why why it is like that. But they will listen to you when they won't listen to me, you know. Or they'll listen to me when they won't listen to you, you know. So that's why it's important and essential that we don't bury those things, you know. And then we occupy the place until he comes. So that basically we keep on running. We keep on holding it, you know, until we get to that line, you know. Um, another one is uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. This is a very familiar passage also. It says, I will take my post. I will position myself on a fortress. I will keep watch to see what the Lord says to me and how he will respond to my complaint. And this is what the Lord says. Then the Lord answered me and said to me, write a vision, make it plain upon tablets so the runner can read it and testify to the end so it does not deceive. And if it delays, wait for it, for it will surely come and it will not be late. So that passage right there is saying is basically saying a lot, but again, it's talking about some type of race and some type of holding, some place holding, some position for our Father, you know, because when when we're holding that place, when we're holding that position, our Father, He's going to give us a vision, and we're supposed to execute. We're supposed to run it, you know. We're supposed to run with it, so other other people can receive it, so other people can do it, so other people can. Do it and testify and, and it till the end, you know. And this is something this race right here 
you know, that's why it's so important they keep on running no matter where you are. You've got to keep on running. you got to keep on staying in this race, keep on staying in this competition. Um, another passage is uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23. Matthew 16, verse 23 says, Jesus turned to Peter and he said, Get, and they all know this one, Get behind me, Satan. You are stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but merely human concerns. Now, in this particular passage, Jesus is not running, but he is running a type of race, you know. Um, and the, in this particular thing, the passage, Peter was trying to stop Jesus from taking up his cross. <laughs> he was trying to, remember we talked about that scripture also. Um, earlier that uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that uh, Jesus endured the cross. Peter, in this passage, of course, he was uh, motivated by Satan to say it. That's why he said, get behind me, Satan. But he was trying to basically then want him to pick up the cross. You know, sometimes uh, in our life, running this race, we have to sacrifice things. That's what I'm talking about. You may have to give up a meal. may have to give up a relationship. May have to give up watching certain shows, but it's it's worth it because when you yield and surrender to those things, actually uh, Romans says that you do you realize that whoever you yield and submit yourself to becomes your master. So you should submit yourselves to the things of Father God. Guess what? He will be your master, and that He's a good master. But you submit yourself to the things of the world and sin. We know. The darkness that the enemy becomes a master, and we don't want those things. Those those are all things that can cause us, in a sense, again to be like the hare and fall asleep when we submit to those things. I know it's kind of kind of uh, repetitive, you know, um, <clears throat> for that. Also, um, with this. Uh, the, the coach was saying another script of part not scripture, but another thing that he said is uh <clears throat> he says uh that they had to be a person okay, we got that one um they must have the ability to run all the way to the line um basically not not losing your breath um basically finishing enduring to the end uh first. Corinthians chapter 9 verse 23 to 25 this is one of the more famous ones uh, it says uh, all again he says I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings do you not know that, that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize everyone who competes in a game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. It will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So again, that's one of the again we was we started off talking about the determining factor of how coaches decide who's gonna be that last runner. Who's gonna be the last runner and it's just not okay, I'm not the coaches is not saying I'm just going to give it to this man because he's the fastest, but he's looking for some character, someone who can who can endure 
the hardship, hard times, pressure, because when you want the last person, you that last leg just running, it's, it's more difficult than the other ones, you know. So the coach wants his best runner there, but it doesn't mean that they're fast. They're the fastest one, but they're skilled. They may be the fastest, but they might also be skilled in other areas. So this is being courageous, confident, determined, ability if they're behind to come back. Um, in the same way that a track coach does that, did you know our Heavenly Father, he placed you in this time in this generation to be the last relay because he knew that you, as a believer, had those characteristics and traits within you. So despite how, how defeated you may feel, how lost you may feel, how unvictorious you may feel, uh, the Father, he sees something totally opposite, that he trusts you to be in this last generation to hold the battalion, you know, to win the loss to set people free. There's people in your communities, people in your neighborhood, people in your homes, people in your church, people in your workplace. They need they need deliverance from demons. They need healing in their body. They need to know the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. People at the store, people at the grocery store. And out of all the people in the world, he, did, he didn't cause Paul to be born in his generation. He didn't cause Mark or, or Martin Luther or John Wesley or William J. Seymour or Joseph or Abraham. He had those. They were like the, those were people like people from the first, second, and third legs. But he chose you. You know, it's, it's a whole lot of unknown people, people who don't, who can't be identified, who can't be known, but they, they're known by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and known by him. And he did that on purpose, you know, because he really doesn't want man to get his glory. It's all about him. But he gets the glory when we do what he, he, he that's told us to do by the leading of the Spirit. And I'm I'm gonna close with that. I want to encourage everyone to keep on running the race, and know that uh, you're not here by accident. That you're here for a very divine purpose in these last days, this last generation. And and don't give up despite how your body may feel, how your mind may feel, what people may say about you. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. But keep on running. Um, Dorothy, are you on here? On here? Yep, I'm here. Yes, yes. Do you have any anything you want to say or, or focus on that stood out? Well, I'm not a sports person. I never have been, so um, I don't know if I can add anything to that in the analogy. But I liked <laughs> how you brought it to Father has placed us where we are and in the time-space continuum to do a particular job for him. And he's given us what we need to complete that job. I thought that was very cool. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we, might, yeah, we might not feel like we were the most gifted person, but he's he gifted us and, he, and we, we got what it takes, even though we might not realize it. We just got to keep on believing. <laughs> Not trusting yeah. ourselves, but trusting in him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, I really like that. I really like that. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll um, next next week. I guess we can do the one that I was originally planned to do. I don't know why. I just felt like I had to do this one this week, but I wanted to talk about um, like like the like the origin the origins of Halloween and some of those type of things and um, what we as believers, what we should do about it and how we should be in prayer because uh, the enemy, he likes to do a lot a lot of things. Actually, he's always busy and trying to do things no matter what day it is. But for some reason around this time, he uh, he likes to be extra, extra tricky. <laughs> but we, we can defeat him and, and be even more trickier than he is because he was even – Tricked on the cross when he when uh, he, he killed Jesus. He said they said if he would have known that he wouldn't have killed uh, our Lord and Savior. So he got tricked by, by uh, God. Yeah, he did. You know. <laughs> so I like he, the way have you? I like hmm. the way uh, C.S. Lewis covers that in in the Chronicles of Narnia. Have Have you read that series? I love that series. What well, What happened in that one? Well, Jesus is represented as a lion. It's a series of, I think, 12 books. And there's a, an evil oh, witch. Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen a movie okay. Yeah. I read yeah, the book. Good, yeah. so, and I saw the movies, <laughs> yeah. But I love the way, you know, the witch was all glad she was finally going to get to kill Aslan, you know. And she killed mm-hmm. Aslan. And that's what happened. <laughs> As- Aslan came back to life. And, and they said, well, the witch didn't understand because that was very, very old magic because they used magic in the book, you know. But yeah. I just, that always stuck with me. That's an old, deep magic. So it's, it's like Father and the Christ. I mean, from the foundations of the earth. That was the plan. But evidently, yeah. Satan didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, but he did not. <laughs> He's kind of slow <laughs> on some things. <laughs> yeah. So think of that when you're when you're being troubled by the little hooligan, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, well, just drop pick that yeah. baby. Yep. Close out. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, let me close out of prayer. <laughs> yeah. um, Father, we uh, thank you for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We thank you for your salvation, Father. Um, help us, our hearts, Father Lord, to be um, in service towards you, Father. Help those who are, who are in pain in their bodies, Father Lord, that uh, they will be healed, oh, Father. You said in your word to buy your stripes for your heal, help bone issues to be healed, um, lymph node systems to be healed, vision to be healed, oh, Father, scoliosis, Father, Lord, um, any type of syndromes to be healed, oh, God, heart issues to be healed, Father, even mental mental things, Father, Lord, you also are there to heal, Father. I speak healing to everyone who's listening, healing in their relationship, healing in their finances also. Draw them towards you, Father Lord, and help us just to focus on you, Father. Uh, in these last and evil days, 
I thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Well, I thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming, even if you do wait till the last minute. And I will, uh, I will, I will, I won't see y'all, but I will hear, or I guess y'all will, won't see me either. But we'll, I'll hear you, or you'll hear me next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I can. I have enough information to, you know, create the program. Halloween. I hate Halloween with a passion. I just hate it because it's such a a big time yeah. of the devil's lies. You know, confusing everybody. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. and people open doors on Halloween. They don't realize they're doing it, but they open doors. Oh so. yeah, so many. So, yeah, that's one of the things. That's why I say it might take a couple of weeks to go through that one. There's so many things you can do. So, yeah. Yes. Okay, everyone. So we'll see you next week. Well. We'll talk with you next week. Yeah. How's that? That's more accurate. <laughs> yeah. So you all have a blessed week, and Father bless you everywhere. I would love to pray the ironic blessing over you, but I don't have it memorized. <laughs> but you guys are so special to us. You really are. Yes, yeah. We have the best audience in the whole world, you know. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yes, that is true. That is true. So you have a blessed evening, Shamir, and I'll talk to you later. You also, you also. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.